Yeah, so I think that uh, to an extent we'll start to slowly integrate back to normality. I think that uh, normal will be defined quite differently for the coming months and maybe even the coming years now, uh, obviously depending on sort of uh, probably what happens in regards to a vaccine to, to the virus and things like that as well. But um, I guess, and this is really only from, look, you hear so much uh, media uh, uh, commentary and, and so many different rumours going around the place, but my, my personal opinion would be that I think that the first integration back in was they say, they'll say, all right, you're allowed to have X amount of people in um, for X amount of time, uh, and that will be fairly closely sort of restricted, uh, and it'll just be a matter of us, uh, I guess, cycling through our, our clients in, in small groups um, for a certain amount of time, and that will progressively increase as we move further and further from the situation. So say, for example, it might be you're allowed to have 10 people in per hour, or it might be something to do with sort of space guidelines. Uh, so we're, we're fortunate. We're, we're actually a 24-7 facility. Uh, we've got key tags on the door and things like that as well. It was a bit more of an outlay in regards to the, the initial costs and also uh, insurances. But I think from a, probably from a, a, a lifestyle point of view, uh, in terms of myself and my wife not having to be sort of as, um, I guess, so diligent in, in, in being here every, every single hour of the day, uh, it allows our clients to come through. And what we can also do is sort of limit people. So we might say, all right, 10, 10 key tags per hour, or we might sort of set up on our app system certain blocks of, of, of an hour, maybe separated by 15 to 20 minutes where we can clean equipment in between. And then from there, you're stuck to your allocated time block and, and uh, you sort of have to be in and out during that time. So I'm guessing that's sort of along the lines, but uh, a lot of that will be determined this Friday. So uh, fingers crossed, I think a lot of people have their uh, their hopes very, very high. So uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's my thoughts sort of over the coming months, I reckon. Uh, yeah, so um, we're going to have a meeting uh, with, with all the coaches from across the different branches to talk about a reopen strategy. And I, and I think, um, you know, you guys probably have also or are about to, and many gyms are, as we anticipate this uh, to be happening. Uh, obviously, we don't want to get our hopes up too much, uh, but uh, it is, it's probably looking likely to reopen to some degree. It's not going to be a, a reopen back to normal immediately. I think everybody knows that. Uh, I think uh, um, what they're going to say is a certain amount of people within a facility at a, at, a, at a time based on either the square meterage of the facility or just an absolute number. Um, I think they will, they will probably be appointing um, officials from either council or maybe police officers or at least both to go around to uh, some of these places like cafes, restaurants, gyms, whatever, on a regular basis to make sure that uh, they're doing random audits to to see that people are having social distancing in place. Um, and I suspect there'll be very hefty fines. Uh, I think I heard some figure at around $60,000, uh, if anybody is not following um, those guidelines. Uh, so what we what we need to do, I think, is very simple, very straightforward uh, in terms of coming back to it. We are in a, a better position than commercial gym facilities because it's the way we operate anyway. I heard somebody saying like uh, there's going to there was some number thrown around that ten people within a gym uh, at, at a time. That's not far off our peak um, peak time period anyway. 
so it would be a good thing for gyms like us for that to happen if it's going to be an absolute number like that. Um, I think, as was mentioned uh, by Shun, we need to, um, there'll be a booking system uh, from, from morning to night in 45 minutes, hour blocks, uh, with programs to go uh, with that, that can yield the best results and get the most amount of work within that time, whether it's utilizing things like supersets or excluding things that, that aren't really that necessary within the program and just go and stick it to the bread and butter stuff and making sure that people are doing doing those things to, to get the most out of it. Uh, there needs to be regular supervision uh, throughout the whole thing, not just cameras, but also uh, on the floor. There needs to be staff uh, supervising all of this stuff to make sure people are maintaining social distancing and they're adhering to, to the laws and regulations. Uh, obviously, uh, with, uh, I'm not sure if all of us here, but at least a couple of us, we have swipe systems for, for our facilities so we can monitor who's coming in and who's not coming in. Uh, so that's an excellent way, an excellent selling point for, for us in the fitness industry to be able to um, monitor things and be able to put forward. In fact, it's I argue that it's safer than uh, doing it at a park. At a park, people spit on the ground, they're sweating everywhere, they get closer to each other. Um, it's, it's a little bit harder sometimes to monitor things outdoors. And that's how it should have been from the get-go. This should have been put forward and thought out a little bit better from the get-go. Indoors is, is more protected, is more controllable than, uh, than outdoors. Um, and uh, as far as the uh, cleaning, this just got to be stepped up. I mean, all of us, we clean all of our facilities uh, anyway. It just needs to be multiplied by two or three or four or five or whatever. Um, as people walk in, make sure they sanitize their hands, make sure the equipment is wiped off, not just by, by the person after they finish using the equipment, but also by the staff after that uh, session, that round is over and uh, the next batch of people are, are supposed to be coming in. Um, perhaps you could set off uh, sort of like stations or you could mark out places on the floor where if you're going to be squatting, this area is for you. Don't step outside of that towards the other squat racks or whatever. Try and maintain a distance. You could you could outline walkways, um, you know, supposed walkways through the gym floor, so people can walk in one way, walk out the other way. Like if they're going to get something, they go this way and they come back out the other way. Uh, so there's multiple strategies in that regard, but I do see things opening up slowly. Uh, and returning to normal, they will, they will um, uh, analyze as, as it goes and see what the statistics are showing. If there's no major spike, if people are not taking the piss and following the rules, uh, then we should be good to go and hopefully we are. I think there's some strategies in there that people can take that you're preparing for that we all can take from that right now. Um, Lockie and Carl, you might want to add to this collectively considering it's the same business or individually, up to you. What do you think, Lockie? Uh, we'll, we'll probably talk at different times because I reckon one of our voices will overpower the other. Um, <laughs> uh, mate, yeah, look, I won't take much time. It's very simple at the end of the day for us. We've got no freaking idea. No, no one really does. We'll, we'll play it by ear. We'll wait till... Wait till it starts. If it's, if it's official, we've already discussed it. We'll probably give it about a, a week um, to make sure it is locked in. Um, we'll give us a week to get all of our equipment back into our gym. Um, we've got a number of things that we've modified. Um, and to be honest, probably not necessarily in a response to COVID, more or less us just evolving and changing. Um, so we'll be rolling out 
uh, a different look in our gym, uh, a couple of things we wanted to do, uh, probably a different look and feel with some of our scheduling things to streamline stuff, uh, to make us more efficient, to make our coaches more efficient. Um, and to be honest, the COVID's just been a great time for us to be able to make those those changes. Um, but yeah, as far as anything else goes, we're we're you know we're a small gym. We're we're we have a, a niche market. We're athletes. Most of our sessions are at ten or under anyway. Um, so if that is the rule, then we're we're good to go. Um, we we don't really have a big public um, membership side of it, um, and it's certainly something that we're we're looking to to push to the side anyway. So um, if anything, it just it just increases the speed at which we've we've made changes, and that's about it to be honest. I know Carl, Carl's probably got a couple of things to add, but he might want to come off mute. <laughs> Get off mute. There we go. Yeah, so I've got a, I've got something probably to add that maybe wouldn't be considered. I don't want to echo what everyone else is saying because I think we're all we're all kind of um, singing the same tune here. Um, but something that I think our smaller gyms should consider, all the guys who are listening to this on the live, um, and the guys who might listen after, we're in a very leveraged position. We have small gyms. We probably run class-based structures or we certainly have obvious peaks where people are coming in. And outside of those peaks, there is a huge opportunity, even if it is a restricted number like 10 people or less, um, to start to reach out to those commercial PTs who are not able to resume operations within their gym because they don't, the gyms just simply don't have a capacity um, for a fitness first to manage 10 people or less. There's probably 10 cleaners, um, let alone anyone else. So I would, I would probably recommend for us small guys, maybe I don't think we'll do this. I don't think we, we need to. Um, but if if you find that money is an issue and, and revenue is an issue early on, there would be absolutely no harm in reaching out to all the PTs in the local area, putting up a Facebook ad, targeting PTs and saying, hey, these all our time slots we've got available for you to start training your clients properly again and stop throwing around core, ba- core bags in a park. So, you know, in terms of a useful strategy that um, that creates a bit of a win-win for us smaller guys, that would be my recommendation. Maybe a bit left field from what we're all else. What else we're going to say? Like it, Carl. It's good. It's good. I was I was going to say as well to, and this is just uh, got probably going back to what Mir was saying in regards to regulation and sort of stuff too. Just more out of interest, sake, have you guys heard of anybody within your state that? Uh, maybe has been doing the wrong thing uh, and has been penalised for it as well. Uh, have, you, have you guys heard of anybody from, the, from that point of view? Heard threats of it. Heard threats of an um, of an F forty five guy who essentially took his thirty six clients with these two two um two trainers and walked across the road to a park. And I don't think um the cops thought that was a, a very good idea. Uh, but I, I heard that was a warning that he received but nothing further and I, I don't have any examples of where an actual fine's been Jordan, uh, Jordan, I don't know what it's like in Adelaide mate but uh, here in Sydney snitches get stitches mate so we, uh, we keep our hats up in Adelaide mate we're more than happy to just oust anybody <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why it's the worst city in Australia I know you live there man fuck Adelaide man fuck every time I'm there I'm like fuck yeah. It's okay. oh, I, I say that, but literally, when we're in our drought, I had the uh, the water police, so to speak, or Sydney Water come around to my place, three people, um, because someone someone snitched on someone me, had a dripping tap, and they came over and reviewed my whole house. No dripping tap, but someone dobbed me in for a dripping tap. 
Yeah. You got ratted on. You got ratted on, Lockie. I know, I know. My secret <laughs> dripping tap that I'd secured so nicely. <laughs> Unbelievable. Human, hey? Human, humans. Jesus. To give, to give you a little insight of Adelaide, obviously, uh, uh, we, we do get paid out. There's not, not a great deal going on here, especially when you're in COVID-19, boys. There's even less happening. Don't worry about that. Um, yeah, 1.5 metres was closer than anyone had actually been in Adelaide. Everyone had to come closer. So, uh, so we, we were fortunate. We, we never went right down to the restrictions of uh, like sort of full on lockdown. So our, our, our greatest restriction was in your, your allowed to work with a group of uh, up to nine in the park. But if anybody was with nine people, we, we didn't even sort of to get close to that just for the fact that people would take photos of you or they sort of like, you, you, you'd see some sniggering on the, on the, on the sideline. You'd see people sort of like, uh, almost like sort of bitching in front of your face like, um, and, and just really judgmental. So uh, any, yeah, anybody who actually went out and, and did like a boot camp with nine people was, was uh, pretty risque. So You wouldn't yeah. be able to nine people in the park here. I went down to the park yesterday. There was about 150 people there. Yeah. Oh, it's insanity. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, uh, so now we've, we've kept it, we've kept it fairly low. But yeah, look, I, I just was, was interested. I know um, that look, one of our, one of our, uh, our clients runs a, a Pilates studio and only sort of two hours after shutdown occurring, police were, were knocking on the, on the doors just to double check. So they, were, they weren't taking it pretty seriously. But uh, yeah, it was just more uh, more out of interest sake more than anything. So uh, you'll go ahead, Woody. Give us, give us yeah, do you have time. any closing, closing thoughts on this, Wood? What? Uh, so say it again. Closing thoughts. Oh, um, any additional thoughts that on this or no? I, I think what um what everyone said they've kind of covered the subject. Yeah. Um, listen, I think you know better than anyone. Um, I don't really plan for anything. I'm, I go on the fly. Um, I think you know that better than anyone, Alex. I have um, You're a bit of an off the type, off the cuff type of guy, aren't you? No, but, but I go with it. Whatever happens, happens. Um, we don't know what's going to happen, but I'll tell you what. I have the best operations manager slash PA slash best friend, Kieran, who will be watching this. Without her, I'm fucked. My whole business is screwed, but she's brilliant. She'll um, know exactly what to do. She will lead us through this. I have a gym manager now called Tommy, who will help with the structure. I've got you, I've got uh, Jeremy the Brick Borzillo. I've got a good team. And I've got this young fella here as well. So I think we're gonna be fine. We'll just adapt when it comes. Like what he said, you modify, you adapt, you refine, you get better. And I think what Carl said is it makes sense because um, we all have smaller facilities. Um, we're not a 24 uh, seven facility like Sean's, um, the big dog over in Adelaide, Red Square would be going off right now. Um, but we're a small chain, a small niche facility. We clean like crazy. Like I, um, I know Jordan, if you're watching this, my physio, he has been pushing this heavily. We know we're gonna make sure we clean as much as we can. Um, Alex, you bought in that spray and wipe or whatever it was. So, what was that stuff you bought in? That natural stuff. That that is a homemade uh, bleach uh, and water mix, uh, <laughs> shown by the World Health Organization, a special oh, evolution right. to kill bacteria and viruses. Right on, bro. That's how he lost the side of his hair. That's a little accident we had. If I. I'm yeah. nearly gonna. It's nearly yeah. happening to everyone at all. The whole. Thing. Are you gonna? Can I ask you a question? Are you, how, how much are you gonna grow your beard, bro? I, to, I told him as long as this pandemic goes on, this beard yeah, will continue okay. to grow. Oh, my, my barber ain't in action. What can I do? 
What do you mean your barber's not in action? Barbers are allowed to. It's fine. My barber's closed, man. Well, go get a new one. Go. I'm loyal, man. You got to be loyal. You know, venture out. I just want to add a. Oh wait, wait, wait! Decrinus, go ahead. I was just going to say what Amir said before about really getting to the point of like those programs that just hit what you need to is actually a really good skill that I think, you know, I'm trying to learn as well. And obviously you guys know because like people's lives are just getting busier and busier, whether the fact it's of Corona where we have a short period of time or if it's just general, the more fact that we can get like through the program in a good amount of time and really allow people to get through it and do their other things in their life is going to be really important as well. We're articulate, Chris. You've learned. Um, I wanted to now shift gears to something I probably should have started with, but I got carried away and I get excited with other things. Um, but I know Carl and Lockie, you guys at AA, you have something called the, the Kevlar series uh, that is actually, I just realized, was free, right? It's this free program um, that you guys have. Can you guys tell, tell us a bit about it? And then I want to ask everyone else about other content that you guys have. Yeah, sure, mate. We, um, <clears throat> we uh, end of last year, we sort of brainstormed a little bit about what, um, what we commonly get asked most um, and what we could do to try and help both coaches and athletes the most in sort of a, I suppose, a, a single response without having 400 different messages going around trying to help individuals. And, and we came back with sort of most of the questions we had was um, either from coaches or from athletes is, I, I had an injury, I, you know, I rehabbed it, but it still niggles, it still hangs around. I'm back training, I'm doing everything I'm meant to do, but um, I'm still not confident with it and these type of things. So um, we sort of came up with the concept of, well, why don't we, we produce a bit of content around resilience training and, and how we can start to isolate specific areas to help people. So it's not a, a completely different program. They don't do it in the gym for an hour every day. It's just a, a little tack onto what they're already doing. Um, and also for coaches, it, it gives them a library of stuff that they can use. So um, we came up with the idea of, of, of the Kevlar series, which you know, is the, the idea behind creating protection around a, a joint or muscle based on previous injury or risk of injury. Um, and we came up with a number of areas. And, and the first area was our ankle and, and calf sort of shank area. So we did that one. Um, we're big in testing and retesting. So we created um, options where people will test themselves, identify left feet, right, but identify where they're at. Um, 12 week program gets implemented. It's a, it's two times a week, 10 minutes per session, just at the end of a, of a current session they're doing. Um, and then after 12 weeks, they retest and, and show that they've improved and hopefully um, created a little bit of, I suppose, protection around that area and give them more confidence. So um, we released the ankle one and there was some really good feedback on that and went really well. And then we rolled into my wedding, um, rolled into January start where um, we, we obviously had the, the drought and bushfires, but then we had a fair storm that knocked our facilities power out for a week. And then we rolled into COVID and and just one thing after the other, we, we sort of got delayed in trying to produce that second one. But uh, the opportunity of COVID to try and get it done was was fantastic. So so we've just released our hamstring one, um, which is the same principle, 12-week program, yeah, bulletproof the hamstrings. Um, and in the market at the moment now, we've got the knee about to come out. We've got hip and back. We've got shoulder and we'll have neck. Um, sort of those, those key areas that people probably don't know as much about for training as far as the athletes go. They've got one or two exercises in their program, but a lot of athletes just, they find them problem areas. So um, yeah, mate, we've, we've put it out there and hopefully it helps some coaches and athletes and, uh, and obviously we're here for any help, but um, it's been fantastic. 
That's awesome. I'll put a link in the in the chat for people who want to check it out. Um, I just, I love how it's free because, and I know you all have, and I want to talk about it with everything. I just want to, you know, give the people listening, like one, something they can immediately action. Like there's no really excuses like to not, you know, improve your performance, become a better athlete, improve your health in some way or another. You don't necessarily need much money. The, the resources by amazing facilities and people like you guys are out there. Um, and Carl, I want to give you like a, your, your two cents uh, if you have yeah. anything to add on that. I, I, I kind of based on what Lockie was mentioning and kind of a, a larger philosophy of Lockie's is if you have to do something three times, you should systemize it. So once you've had to do the same thing three times for three different people in three different situations, what you probably got is a fundamental problem and a, and a solution that can be applied to that problem. Now we had, as he mentioned, um, athletes, coaches, primarily athletes always say, look, I, I just doubt my ability here. I, I'm, I'm just not confident in it, whatever it might be. And, and it was so common. That question was so common that we were saying, we need to systemize this because it was actually taking away our time, our programming time as well, um, by having to redesign a foot and ankle prehab program for every athlete that walked in the door. We didn't actually need to do that. The, the fundamental philosophies were all there. We just needed to systemize it. We needed to be able to progress through uh, qualitative criteria um, and it needed to be adaptable. So, you know, we also realized, hang on, we, we can optimize our own system here um, by rolling out this Kevlar, these Kevlar programs. So whilst they're out, by the way, I made that on Canva. So if any coach is wondering how, how that got done, that was on Canva and with an iPhone and you film the fucking thing and then you put it in Canva and you link the thing with URLs and you've got you've got a gift to give to people. So we, as you mentioned, we do come up with a lot of excuses why we can't do it or it's already been done. I'm sure there are hamstring prehab programs on the market. I'm sure there are foot prehab programs on the market. In fact, I know there are but it didn't stop a thousand people downloading that last night across those two in, in literally one evening. Um, so I think there is always an opportunity to help people. And we often create reasons why we shouldn't. Um, and uh, as you mentioned, there's simply no excuse good enough yeah. not to do this stuff. Um, and, you know, me and Lockie said it to ourselves. It, it just wasn't good enough that we made excuses for not releasing something that we knew people needed. Um, and then, and then for us too, from a, from a purely selfish perspective as coaches and business owners what we know is that the main asset in a digital age is attention if we can keep people's attention for longer we can stay front of mind for longer we become the solution or at least the go-to exploration for the solution for that three percent of the market who want to take action and change something in their lives so we know if we can constantly be omnipresent and constantly provide value well before the transaction ever takes place well before that happens that we will be the go-to and i and i say that selfishly um because we want we want the business and we want to help people and that's why you did it for free 100 percent. yeah of course you, you want to lower the barrier to entry at the end of the day our kevlar programs are not a complete solution to athlete development yeah so it's not like we're it's not like that product itself or that gift itself can solve everyone's problems it can't but what it does do is it starts to establish some authority and it establishes what's called the strategy of preeminence where you decide that it's your responsibility to look after people even if they can't give you their money hmm. and if you have that philosophy in place and it helps govern a lot of your decisions and we realized that, hang on, we could charge a dollar or $9 or $19, whatever that, you know, those low price point offers are. why didn't you guys? 
Um, I, I, we're playing a long game. We want to play a long game. Um, and I, I feel like I don't think we would have had a thousand downloads over 12 hours, even if we charged a dollar. Even if we charge 97 cents, we wouldn't have had $1,000 because there is always a little bit of a barrier to entry when you do put a price tag on it, when you have to put credit card details into a, a, a form. And we know we could reduce that barrier to entry, provide the value because we're playing for the, you know, in, in a market of 100%, 97% of your market, your target market is not ready to make change. Only about 3% are. So we're playing to the 97% who aren't ready but when they have email sequences from us, when they've got incredible gifts from us over the course of maybe even a year, when it is time to be ready, we're the only person they're thinking about. Absolutely. Fuck. That's it. That's the blueprint. That's it. That's that's it. Fuck. Sean, um, yes. tell me, like, I don't, I do, I'm not as familiar with all of your products and all of your services. So Sean and then Amir and then Wood, Tell me, and I know more wood, sh- tell me about kind of your strategies around that thinking and what product services that you either have for free or very cheap that people can go ahead and take value from. It's funny, I feel like we are right on the same page, Carl. It gets me up and about when I hear you uh, talk about that, Carl. So I guess probably in the earliest stages of all this happening, and uh, I know that uh, I guess before everything was sort of completely cancelled, it was more about we're talking about like a, a month postponement. Uh, we actually put it together and I've just quickly whipped it up. We've got the, uh, the COVID-19, same again, we just did it on the uh, on, on Canva, our four-week program. And obviously the Athlete Authorities guys, they've got a, a strong piece of the puzzle there with their, uh, they're talking about uh, ankle, shin, and I was one of the, uh, I was one of the, the downloads as well last night, boys, very, very good work. They're looking good, brother. They're looking good. If, anybody, if anybody's watching this, make sure you get onto it because it's, it's, it's fantastic content. And to, to, for any general punter out there or your weekend warrior or your semi-elite athlete to get that sort of content is invaluable. So jump on it. Um, I guess I feel like what I've put together is a really nice complementary piece of the puzzle as well. So my program was more based around, uh, I guess, the, the loading of conditioning because I, I know that um, a lot of the, so a lot of, a lot of our clientele or, or our, our niche market as well is, you sort of your yeah, semi-elite or your weekend warrior that, that takes their sport a little more seriously. Uh, and that first sort of week or two that I saw the things were starting to get postponed, uh, I saw people going one of two ways. Some people were just doing nothing at all and thinking stuff a lot about, look, I don't know when it's going to come back. I'm just going to sit on my ass and, and, uh, uh, or sit on a bike and, and just wait for training to resume or some people going overboard. So some people saying, like, I've covered 30 Ks this week. I'll, I'll, I'll smash it out and, and just sort of picking random loads and just running for the sake of it. So it's very generalised, but from, I guess, experience in in, in the semi-elite industry in, in a number of sports for quite a while, I've sort of roughly picked a number. Obviously, this can be quite variable, but I've sort of based my program around uh, when you're in season, I'll find from experience uh, an athlete will cover about 20Ks per week, like on average. You're talking about sort of, the, the top end and the bottom end, roughly. If you're talking about like your ruckman and your and your midfielders, your, your ruckman are probably going obviously below that, and your midfielders gone uh, a bit above that. I always like to refer back to footy because that's where a lot of my experiences come from. Uh, you, like I said, sort of ten to twelve of that um, that loading will come out of the game, and you will usually get your rest in a in a, in a couple of five k training sessions as well. So 
obviously we all know from a from a periodization point of view, you don't want to have any more peaks or troughs uh, outside of that sort of 10 to 15 percent range from week to week in regards to not just your total distance but your speed loading as well. So all I did was put together a, a four week conditioning plan. So that's if you go on peak.com.au and go into our ebooks. Uh, it's just called the I think we call it the, the COVID 19 four week program. It might be a great opportunity to jump onto as well. Same again, it's free. You just literally chuck in your, your email address and your, and your name and that sort of stuff. Uh, and probably what you'll find, so is we've actually, you start sort of with a bigger load from our point of view and we're progressing down from an overall volume, but your your uh, your speed distance increases. So I think we end up starting at around 20, sort of 24Ks and, and periodize that into a, a 21 to 20K week. Uh, and uh, I reckon that's a, a great way to sort of taper off if you've been smashing yourself so that you're going to roll nicely and you sort of hit that equilibrium once you're, once you're back into to games again. So... In terms of the actual um, structure of the running sessions themselves, uh, as Woodford would say, you're, uh, you're sort of like your, your boring programs do work. So there's nothing sort of specky in there in regards to heaps of change directions, more from that volume point of view, just because I guess there, there could be so many different factors depending on which sport you're playing and which position you play within each sport and so on and so forth. So I just wanted to sort of talk more from a, a very generalised volume point of view. Um, so each of the each of the weekly loadings were broken into three equal running sessions. You complete those sessions three times a week. Uh, and look, it's not the perfect situation. Like obviously, you'd want to get something a bit more personalised if you are uh, looking to really maximise your performance. But I think if you're looking for a free resource that gives you at least some structure, rather than just flogging yourself uh, every single day or, or or doing nothing at all. It gives you some sort of idea and it gives you a bit of a theory behind why we've programmed those loads that way. So um, smash out your uh, your Kevlar series for your hammies, your knees, your ankles, your shins. And then if you're looking for some conditioning loads, get on to peak.com.au and you, you've got two pieces of the puzzle there, team, I reckon. You, you beat us to it, mate. We're about to release a conditioning one as well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all good, mate. Don't, and, and look, da- download both and, and implement what, whatever... Whatever works for you guys, or a blend of both. Like if this, as as we were talking to to Lockie before, in this industry, and that's what is really really important to note for everybody who's watching out there, anybody who's coming into the industry, or anybody who's an athlete or a client who's hiring a coach. There is no right or wrong answer. That's that's the, the main thing about this industry is there's no right or wrong answer. But as long as you've got the purpose or reasoning behind what you're programming or or what your your um, content is. Uh, that's that's half the battle, and being able to justify that and, and show some sort of evidence or some sort of research or some sort of um, objective data, objective yeah. data. Yeah, that's it. If, if you got, a, if you got, you all six of us could come up with a, a different program for the same outcome. Result. Um, and and look, at, look, at, there's, there's lots of different ways to skin a cat. Uh, and many roads lead to Rome. If we if we if we had the perfect if if there was a right or wrong way, um, everybody at, in pro sport would be implementing exactly the same program. Um, there'd be no hamstring injuries. Everybody'd be exactly the same fitness level. It'd just come down to skill. So um, really, we're we're still at the I think probably the the infant stages of this industry, uh, and, and it's only going to continue to grow from here. So uh, no, that's uh, that's good. Hopefully. Yeah, I'll, I'll be downloading yours as well. Like you don't worry about that, big fella. <laughs> can I, Alex, can I say one thing? Because I'll just expi- I'll be explaining while everyone's talking. I'm just explaining to him 
um, Chris, next to me. You can see so how animated you are. You like, you're doing a lot. No, 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 no. But I'm, try, I'm, 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 I'm so trying. I'm so sorry for him. It looks like you're berating him. Know, right? no, 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 no. I'm explaining to him the reasons why. And um, the, I'm, I'm trying to get him to understand. I'll give an example, right? So, Aloki, you were talking before. No, Carl. Carl was saying before, a lot of coaches don't believe in themselves. They're so fucking worried about what he says or what a, an article might say that this disproves what they're saying. At the end of the fucking day, and the reason I'm getting so pumped up about this is because who gives a fuck what anyone says as long as the athlete you're coaching gets the results, they're happy, why does it matter? And and Carl, you, you're right with what, with what you're saying. You know, you had so many questions about it. We get the same thing where people are so worried, and like you said it before, so worried about, fuck, I'm so worried about putting my stuff out there and getting called out. If you're watching this and you're worried, you should not be in this fucking industry. You should want to help and bring, and this is why I talk about coaching exposure and coaching fucking reps. The only way you're going to get fucking better is by doing it, throwing yourself throwing yourself in there, finding out what works, what doesn't work. Yes, a study is good, but you know what a study's not going to teach you? The art of being a coach. And I'll tell you, these guys will tell you who've been in eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 years, they will tell you, you cannot learn, you can learn only so much from a classroom. The rest you're going to learn from getting your hands dirty and coaching reps. That's the only way. That's the only way. But so many people will so, oh, I'd rather do another degree. Or I'd rather, and that's not, nothing bad if you want to do another master's or honours. I've done it honours. Personally, I think you have to have a degree, but I think that's what the minimum you have to have. I don't think you need anything more. I just think you need a degree and a lot of coaching experience. And then after five years, maybe then do a master's. But right now we have young coaches who are doing a degree and then go and, and look, and you got, and Sean and Amir, you guys would say this all the time. They'll do a degree and not have any coaching experience and, ha and have no skills at communication, relationship building, understand what works, what doesn't work in the real world. And they go straight into a fucking master's degree. It makes no fucking sense. You're unemployable. Stop doing it. Start going out there. Start researching who are the coaches in the field who are applying the knowledge. Seek them out. Pay for their fucking time. Stop going, oh, well, fuck, can I, can I chew your ear off for this? I'm in the private sector like all these guys. I do it. I still do it. I'll offer my payment straight away. I'll say, listen, even if it's a coffee, something like that, that's, that's something that I'll be like, okay, fair enough. Don't just come to my work, and it's happened before. Amir knows the kid. I won't say his name, nothing. But he came in, didn't book an appointment in with me, um, quite frankly, was a bit rude, didn't purchase anything. Not saying that you have to do that, but have a bit of respect for the coaches because you're paying for their knowledge. You're paying for what, they, what they've developed in their time career. They've put in the hours. They've put in the, the, they've invested in their own career. They might've gone around the world. They might've worked in pro sport. They might've got a master. It doesn't matter at the same time. If you want to be like these guys, you want to be successful, pay for their time. And once again, it doesn't have to be a lot of money, but show them a bit of respect. So if you're watching out there, don't message me or any of these guys and be like, I want to cheer your ear off. Maybe start with something. Hey, I'd love to buy you a coffee or, Oh, how much do you rate? I'll pay for an hour of, of, of your time. I don't know. Something like that would be a bit better than just saying, oh, can I chew your ear off, which I get all the time. Remember, I'm working full-time. This is my full-time job like the rest of them. So I just want to say that. That's what I'm trying to say. A nice little Japanese whiskey would, would not go too far. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, yeah well, that's true as well. But do, does everyone agree with what I'm saying? Yeah. This, is, this is the wood that I tuned in for, boys. This is why. But does everyone agree with what I'm saying to the young kid? Like, this kid's yeah. like... First year in, does everyone agree? Like, I, I don't know. I'll throw it out there. Absolutely. So, two, I, I have two things to say on that. The first yeah. thing that I think Woodford's got right is you've got to be very aware when you're suffering from a sunk cost fallacy. When 
you have invested three years into a university degree, you've realized by the end of the degree, you actually don't have the skills to go out and turn that into a job and provide value. So instead of getting the fuck out of the hole, you go for another two years in a master's only to dig a deeper hole for yourself that is harder to excavate and get the fuck out of when what you should have been doing is and what we've always said is go get your degree but start coaching from day one and if you if you can't do that because you don't have a pt qualification guess what learn from us we teach cert fours get one here go and start coaching whilst you kind of do your degree because then you'll actually be able to apply everything you learn over the course of three years, you'll care about anatomy, you'll care about physiology, you'll care about biomechanics because you can see its application immediately and you get that chance to apply it outside of a, a lab. Um, so I, I love that idea by Woody. The other thing is, as Woody mentioned, about talking about critics. If you don't have a critic, um, you are no one, you're invisible. If you don't have people and if you're not worried about what people will think about you and you don't expose yourself to criticism, you're invisible and you can't help anyone whilst you're invisible. So if you think about, you know, uh, historically where we used to exchange ideas, it was in the market square. And if you, you know, watch like Sherlock Holmes or anything like that, you'd always see a guy in a, a square sharing his ideas. Maybe it's a prophecy, maybe it's something else. But that's that's important to know because that was where we used to exchange ideas and and potentially cop flack we'd get tomatoes thrown at us we'd get called out and and that is an important thing to remember given in the digital age that that still exists but now that exists through a text rather than a, and a conversation and people will call you out we've got critics i can guarantee you not everyone likes us i certainly have my fair share of haters and that's okay um because you cannot satisfy everyone so does Lockie. Um, and if you're worried about a, uh, about being criticized, you've got a much bigger problem, which is you're invisible right now. And you can't do jack shit to help the people you want to help. So don't be worried about criticism. Be worried about doing nothing. Can I just add to that? The biggest issue that, that coaches face, and this is just a, a complete um, evolutionary issue at the moment, is exactly what Carl said, that when you get criticism used to be public and it used to be something you could escape. Um, this day and age, because we commit to social media, you, you, it's very hard to escape that. And I think there's, there's plenty of news articles. I think everyone knows of someone that, whether it be bullying in high school, whether it's even people who have committed suicide, that they just feel like they can't escape it. So I think um, probably a suggestion from me is that if, if social media is the way you're gonna go, and let's be honest, I think everyone should, um, you have to be good at, at compartmentalizing and separating yourself from that type of stuff and understanding that you are going to cop absolutely huge amount of shit on social media. Even if, you know, Brett Bartholomew and I have spoken about it a few times around, it's the only place where you can post a, a nice picture of a sunny day and someone's going to comment, yeah, but it'll rain soon. Like, it just, there's just absolute wankers on there that are just going to pick apart anything. And you've just got to be able to separate yourself from that. Know that you can turn social media off, switch off and that type of stuff. Um, better to prepare for it than to go in as a, a glossy-eyed you know, teenager thinking, oh, it's always going to be sunny. It's going to be beautiful. It's not going to be. If you want to put your opinion out there, the old story, stand for something or fall for everything. Um, so it's, it's true. You, you stand up for what you believe in. You put out your opinions. People are going to disagree with you. Yeah, embrace it.
I've, um, I've been following Woody for a while now. I'm, I can't exactly remember in what context it was, whether it was a, um, uh, an Insta story or a post or something like that. But what, I think um, it really sort of uh, hit home for me in regards to just the, the type of people that will sit back and criticise. So he put up this post about it, a bloke. Um, that actually got got to me a bit, I don't, and you can probably remember what I'm talking about here. What he that? I can't remember exactly what context, but he had. He I'll had name a, him if I know him. I'll name him if I know him. Did he send him a letter? You, you said something, and he had a crack at you, and you sort of you you, you said it got under your skin a little bit, and then you clicked on him, and it said it he'd been. Followed. Oh, that oh. fuck weird. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, yeah. He followed you for four years. So he, he, at any stage, he could have clicked oh, unfollow. But bro, 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 that guy was from. He worked under my mate at the Sydney Roosters. And, yeah, that, yeah, bro, yeah. what the fuck, man? Like, I was like, bro, you kept following me. What the fuck is the matter with you, bro? You want to, like, tear me down? That's sweet. Like, I know you want to be me, but these guys, like, man, for me, it was like, I was leaving, I wanted to leave the industry because of that shit. I'm like, man, I don't give a fuck anymore. What the fuck am I doing this for? And I'm preach. I know you wrote to me something real nice, and I do remember it. I appreciate it. But, and Carl, you wrote something nice as well. I do remember. But guys like that, man, I feel sorry for them because the fact that you kept following me and then you kept reading the shit that I wrote, bro. It's like, cool. And I called up my mate afterwards and I said, why the fuck did you hire this guy, bro? This is what he's writing. I'd never disrespect it. Like, at the end of the day, man, I will always be honest with people. Um, people take me for, like, I'm an absolute asshole. When you meet me, I'm a good guy. I actually care about this fucking industry. I'm just very passionate about it. Um, but that did fire me up, um, and I found that weird. And Sean, that was funny you brought that up. Yeah, I, I just I brought that up more more for the point to say I'd prefer to be the bloke that's being that is being followed and having yeah. my information, uh, yeah. I guess, criticised as as opposed to the bloke that's sitting back in the grandstands throwing rocks and and oh. and, but, and make and taking cheap shots um, just just to, to make yourself feel better. So uh, so yeah, that just thought that was a uh, a good example. Criticism for me, it's like people always ask me, "Oh, how do you how do you take the criticism?" What well, could you give a flying fuck? If you like me, you like me. It is what it is. Like I'm not gonna sit here, go, "Oh no, this guy fucking hates me." It's like, well, I'm gonna do me. If you want to find me, great. If you don't find me, unfollow me. I couldn't give a fuck either way. My most my parent, my mum doesn't like me most days. So fucking, what chance do you guys have? You know. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna do me. You do you, and that's fine. Everyone's gonna live their life, but. Um, I have kind of calmed down a little bit. I've got a little bit better at like um, not being a full fruit, like a fruit loop on social media. I don't, um, for everyone out there, my, my um, PA runs my social media. I don't read, um, I had to get off social media because I, I lost it. But I think social media, as Lockie said, it's a good medium. Um, as long as you're putting out good content and you, you want to help people, why not? But don't be afraid of criticism because as, you, as Sean said, I'd rather be the one who is copying criticism, the one who is giving out the criticism. It is, you know, I don't understand that for people, but when I call someone out, I just call them out, I'll tag them. I don't run behind um, fake pro, people message me off fake profiles. I've, I've had that my whole career, but it is what it is, man. I'm just going to keep moving forward like all you guys. And I think we, we are creating something special. If you are watching, you're watching this, right now the private industry is about to pop off. And I said this for the last few years, it is going to kick off. We've got some great people right now leading the industry. Um, when I started uh, eight years ago, we really didn't have much. Um, now it is really kicking off. So it is good to see. And um, these guys are leading the uh, forefront around Australia. So fantastic. Great time to get in the private industry sector. Wow. Is it? 
My turn? Yeah, we, we went down. Some, I, I, I feel like ropes. we're not doing a round table anymore. I feel like it's no, better. Right. <laughs> Whatever you just get, lazy it Susan. In. It just spins and spins. Um, okay. Amir, please. Uh, so um, I think the question was what we're doing uh, in terms of things that we're putting out there for, for both our members and for people and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, in, in us coming to that decision, we had to answer a question first. And that question was who are we dealing with? Who are the people that we're targeting and more importantly what do those people need at a time like this what are they what are the things that they're going to be struggling with so uh, we came up with a couple of answers first was that they're not going to have much access to equipment uh if any so uh, we were very very quick uh, i think it took us 24 hours to come out with a uh, with an at-home no gym training program which we released free of charge to um firstly our members obviously but also people of the public as well. I put it up on my link tree and I, and I uh, put it out onto Facebook land for anybody to access that. Uh, it's still it's still up there, it's still available to, to access. Uh, so it has a program that's body weight only with full videos of all the exercises. It has a program that's uh, for people who have only maybe a dumbbell or a kettlebell with full exercises, uh, exercise library videos. And uh, then we decided to branch out from that a little bit more. So um, we continue to ask ourselves the questions amongst the coaches, what else are people struggling with? So uh, one thing would be certainly, uh, I mean, the tr physical training side of things is just one thing, right? But uh, um, mentally, a lot of people would be struggling and are struggling um, because they weren't predisposed to depression, anxiety, and stuff like that. So we uh, began doing a couple of things. Uh, first of all, we started to introduce um, live mindfulness slash meditation sessions um, for our members and everybody else for that matter um, to join in. We encourage our members, if they have anybody that they want to bring in on the sessions, they can. And uh, it's led live by one of our coaches who does it on a regular basis and is good at it, has a good understanding of it. Uh, the other thing that we started doing was uh, we started doing live sessions on uh, uh, stoic philosophy. And this one might be a little bit out of left field for some people. I don't know if you follow it or not. I've been following it for some time. Stoic philosophy is, uh, is a really, really practical, uh, real life, applicable way of dealing with things, especially dealing with problems. If you have a good grasp of it, you can uh, grab the bull by the horns, so to speak, in, in any situation that you're in. And we have um, a couple of members, one in particular, who's very well versed in it. So myself and him uh, lead uh, live sessions for anybody who wants to join. And those the numbers in those classes have been picking up more and more. Uh, we go through actual um, uh, teachings and stuff like that. And people have been finding it very eff effective in being able to handle and manage their anxiety and uh, stuff like that during, during times like this. We started uh, to also think that uh, you, can, you can release programs for people. However, not everybody is uh, self-motivated and self-sufficient. A lot of people need that. There are two main problems with a lot of people. One is... Uh, they don't have time, they're very time poor because now a lot of times a lot of, for people, they're being, other people have been laid off work. So they are left to take on the work of those people. And uh, so they have less time through the day and they're tired. 
So they need something where it's relatively short in time, but intense enough so that they can at least feel like they've done something so that they can be adherence to the program. And as we all know, adherence is above uh, the most scientifically designed program in the entire world. Yeah. If you can get somebody to at least adhere to even 15, 20 minutes of some kind of activity, uh, you can at least maybe maintain some sort of uh, qualities, maybe power, maybe, maybe muscle size, maybe some sort of strength, some parts of it, some percentage of it through utilizing certain things like isometric training and so on. So uh, we began doing virtual Adonis Express classes, which are classes of no more than 20 minutes in uh, duration, led by a coach and uh, varies in modalities and, and um, purpose uh, throughout the week. So that runs morning and, and uh, afternoon sessions live and we record it. And How can it people go here yeah. and join in? Sorry, say that again. How can people go join in? So uh, we, again, have released those to the, to the members and we've uh, announced to the members they can bring anybody they like, any of their friends or family who want to join in if they really uh, need something to do. If anybody here wants to jump in on those, um, let me know, just contact me and I'll add you into our group, into our Facebook group. So, so when we put up the link, you can see it as well. What we did was we went one step further for that because mental health is really important during a time like this more than just physical training. We, uh, I released a Google form for people to register their interest if they're really struggling mentally and they need to do something. Because some people have been laid off work, right? And they can't afford to pay even for an online, um, like uh, live classes and stuff like that. So uh, I invited people, whoever who's genuinely struggling and genuinely can't afford to pay for a program of any kind uh, to put their name down there and we'll get in touch with them and we'll join them in on the on those Adonis Express classes. Uh, thankfully, a few people have registered, a fair few, a couple actually from America, surprisingly. I don't know how they came across that. Uh, so they've been joining in on that. And changing modalities uh, was something that, that was very important because you can only do push-ups so many ways and so much before you get over it when you don't have any equipment at home. You know, not everybody has a home gym. So we started to release, uh, first of all, running programs to encourage our athletes and our recreational level lifters to uh, start to get their fitness up for a couple of reasons. First of all, it obviously um, correlates very highly with recovery. So the fitter you are, the, more, the quicker you recover, not just between sessions, but also between sets, meaning you can do more volume. More volume means more progression over a period of time. So not to mention it's high correlation with uh, life expectancy, the fitter that you are. Mm. So this is a perfect time to do something that you've always sort of avoided. So running programs have been going good. We did a gymnastics ring program as a way to give some people something different to aim for and, and uh, target during this time. You can get excellent workouts using gymnastic rings and gymnastic-like movements that can go on for 8, 10, or 12 weeks. And by that time, we were counting on gyms being open again, which it looks like it's, it's becoming the case. Uh, we introduced a handstand program because that's something that a lot of people wanted to. So uh, people have been have been uh, going in on, on that stuff. And um, I released uh, a few DIY videos on how to make your own uh, makeshift like pulley systems, sandbags and stuff like that for people out there so that they, they don't get stuck at home. They, they, they can go out 
easily make themselves a pulley to do tricep extensions, uh, bicep curls, lap pull downs, all that jazz. That's still on my Instagram uh, page. So if anybody wants to know how to make themselves any kind of equipment, jump on there. You can see uh, some of those videos. And probably the, the last thing that we did, the final thing that we did was uh, just the other day. Um, so what I did during this time, because I had more time on my hands, I began to do something I'd wanted to do for a while, which was to teach myself welding and how to make gym equipment. So for people out there uh, who don't have access to a gym for whatever reason, because some, uh, it might not be a money issue even, it's just that they, for family reasons, can't go out. They have to quarantine themselves. Uh, we have uh, extended our Adonis Online um, services, where from now on, and this is something that will stay on forever, Adonis Athletics will make you equipment and give you a set of bar and plates and do your programming. We will deliver it to your house, set it up there, and uh, and so that way, people who can't go to, a, to another gym for whatever reason, or they just want to train out of their own garage, will get equipment that fits the bill, is designed by a gym that is in the strength and conditioning field, so knows what the equipment should be like, and you'll get the programming to go along with it to fit the equipment that you have at your house. So those are just a handful of some of the things that we have been uh, rolling out during this time, Scotty. Can I just uh, ask a question for you guys? I was just wondering, so you guys during this time focusing more of how you can actually support your community and your members rather than actually trying to get financial gain? Like, is that what you guys are more looking for? Like opening a variety of how you can actually help people? For us, absolutely. Like in, in regards to releasing the Adonis Express classes, especially for the mental health initiative, the uh, the immediate release of the body weight and at home programs that we did free of charge, which is still free of charge, the running programs, all of that, that goes with it, they're all part and parcel. So uh, people are more than more than welcome to go to those. Uh, the um, stoic philosophy classes and the meditation classes are also free. All the members can bring in their friends and I've released links to that um, multiple times on, on my uh, Instagram stories and stuff like that. People have jumped on and, and it's been great to see people in there. So yeah, absolutely. For the majority of the part, it's for non-financial gains, at least for, for us. Uh, off the back of that, uh, anything that is financial has been in a very sort of fair way to still be able to lower the barrier, keep the barrier low for people to be able to do. So for example, like the making of equipment Obviously, there's the cost of parts to cover, you know what I mean? But still making it so that it's still very realistic and very doable for people to still be able to uh, get things going. I think I think uh, Carl touched on it really well before. Where like if you you really need to think about that long game uh, and during this time frame, as well as uh, keeping your, your athletes or your clients in a reasonable shape, so that they they minimise the risk of injury and that there's not going to be massive spikes and troughs in, in their loading and that sort of thing. I think it's really important more than anything, and this is probably something we, we touched on back in our first discussion, but reminding everybody they're a part of a community because it's very, very easy when everybody's isolating at the moment to uh, feel disengaged and feel feel alone, um, to remind people that, that you're still thinking of them and still make them feel a part of the community, even uh, for, the, for the short term, if, it, if it's no financial gain for you there. Certainly for that long, long term, you can have members and clients and athletes that are sticking around for longer periods of time, uh, which inevitably will mean that they are spending more and more money at your business from a long-term perspective uh, and you're helping them get through a period where everybody's probably experiencing some sort of economic uh, hardship as well. So 
look, I've seen some businesses, uh, even even locally from a, from a small point of view, that just literally switched off as soon as as soon as everything got shut down. Um, they stopped posting on socials, didn't provide any free content, and so on and so forth. And I'm really struggling to see. Say, for example, this Friday, Scott Morrison says, "All right, guys, we're good to go again." All of a sudden, these businesses are coming going, "All right, guys, time to start paying the memberships again, or start start paying me." And, and they've just sort of haven't been in touch for the last seven weeks while we've been shut down. So I think providing that free content, although um, not giving immediate uh, return uh, on investment long term is is invaluable really uh, not not only just from a business point of view but from a mental health point of view for for your whole community as well you got to keep them engaged you got to keep them engaged actually what sean you're saying is 100 right you can't just go after seven weeks not providing any value not even talking not even checking up on them going well fuck hey whatever it is 49.95 a week 59 whatever it is you know we, we want you back as a client i think that you have to keep them engaged you've got to give them it's, the, it's that jab, jab, punch. You've got to give them that, that high-level content. If it's for free, if it's for a low um, a low barrier for cost, anything like that. I, um, I know I started, you know, when I started first giving away content, it was tons and tons and tons of content. Then we got to a stage where I go, fuck, I've got to start um, uh, giving a value on this because this is my knowledge. And around the fifth or sixth, I think the fifth year, we started going, okay, when we bring out these eBooks or these PDFs, Let's start. Let's do a 24, 48 hour sale for 9.95 or whatever it is, and then from there you can go to full price. I think something like that. But I think I think what if you do give it away for free, I think it's fantastic. We've done it before because it builds your database. I think that's another thing which people haven't talked about yet is you want to build your database. So if if you release a, a high quality ebook, and as Sean you've said, there's many ways to skin a cat, so everyone's got a different way of looking at it. Most good coaches will look at it very similarly. They're going to do some sort of lob, uh, squat, hinge, push, pull, carry, um, drag, something like that. Um, very similar, um, but to their own training system where they're applying principles, not methods as well. Um, you're going to build your one, you're going to build that you're an authority in this industry because fuck, you're giving away high quality applied advice that's going to get results, but also you're going to build your database up. And right now, our database is about. 5,000, correct me if I'm wrong, Kieran, one, uh, uh, today, but around four and a half, five thousand. 5,000. And young Chris here is taking over um, doing um, the newsletter. Do you want to quickly talk about what you're doing with the newsletter? Uh, so just like you guys have been saying, you're trying to give like as much information as possible and helping your clients. Like, So Christian, me and uh, Karen, we all just decided that I'll make a weekly newsletter, bring up a topic and try to just simplify things like say like squat or what athletes can do during this time and like, really help them uh, simplify everything so that now if they're by themselves, they can do that little bit extra. So when they come back, it's kind of like they've sort of worked on these little bits and uh, a bit more enhanced than what they would be if they did nothing. And and by doing that, you're giving them you're giving them value. And then when it comes to a stage where you can start charging, they're going to go, well, we respect Peak, we respect Athletes Authority, we respect the Adonis Athletes, we respect Woodford, we're going to pay for the product they bring out when they do bring it out. So I think it's smart by giving out free content, especially at the start, by getting that trust, that respect. And then from there, I guarantee you, now that you know you guys have given free content, the minute you start putting out content that's paid, they get people are gonna buy it straight away. Because I've seen it with us. We gave away a lot of free content at the start, and then now we're getting so many downloads in terms of every day we get downloads on woodfordshop.com, we've got 10 ebooks, 
We've got um, our uh, online video series, myself, Jay Ellis, my 2IC. Um, we've got stacks of stuff coming out. We're going to keep doing that education arm because it's all going online. Um, even our certification that we're doing, you've got to move it online. Um, and people are going to, if, if, you've, if you've grown, you've got that respect of, of the community, your community, and also the online all around the world, um, people will buy if they've got that trust with you. I've seen it time and time again. Um, and for everyone watching this, everyone in this, in this chat, um, what we're doing now is, is giving fantastic value. If you, you know, if I was you, a young coach like yourself, Chris, I'd be writing down all these guys where they work and start following them straight away because they give fucking good content. Um, it's free most of the time as well. Even if you have to pay, it's not going to be that much. Um, and if you're a young coach, stop saying that, oh, fuck, I, I want to become the best and, and start fucking going reaching out to these people because they, you know, they are really good practitioners and they're doing really good work in this industry. So it's Woody, Woody and, and anybody else, uh, for, uh, for example, have you, obviously with all the free content and the e-books and that sort of stuff that you boys have pumped out, have you ever come across somebody who's just completely regurgitated your same information and, and, and tried to sell it all? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> oh, really? um, my this, sister, just yesterday. Oh, you go. You go, Woody, then I'll take okay, it. My sister, uh, my twin sister, who I've got to thank her, she um, uh, copy, we copyrighted it, didn't we, Romy? Did we copyright it? Is she as loud as you? Is she like, is, that, is, you, is she the girl version? Uh, we, we've had people take, I don't know, I'll leave this to Carl, but we have had people take what we've, what I've written and just regurgitated it. I had someone from the Chinese Olympic Committee, he was a physio, take slabs of what I've written and put it as his own social media on LinkedIn. It was Adam Tripers, who is a legend of the game. He called, he messaged me, he called me and said, who the, who, what's this guy doing, man? He's, Literally didn't even change it, so it's happened to me numerous times. But Carl, Carl, here we go, Carl. Come on, Carl. Look, I, I'm, I'm obviously not going to name names. I'm not name names, Carl. I think I think it is a reflection um, of the type of coach you end up becoming when you take something, an idea, a concept, um, whatever it might be, call it your own, and and not give credit. I think it is a wonderful, we have this wonderful opportunity to, to collect ideas from other people. I think probably the, the testament of the type of coach you are is when you, when you duly give credit where credit is due. And it is incredible to see the frequency, even just yesterday. Um, and this guy's a lovely coach. And, and perhaps you, you, maybe you do need to give people the benefit of that. Perhaps they don't even realize they, they take your sayings and all that type of thing. Perhaps, and maybe you should give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, but we've, when we released the first Kevlar back in um, December, whenever it was, we, we, the tagline was because even the pros need protection and pros being a reference to combat warfare, the, the, the most uh, full on athletes in, in the world even wear protection because it reduces downside. And then we release another Kevlar yesterday and we see literally a post by someone because even the pros need protection. No. It's seriously. I'm, no, bullshit. Really? Not, 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 I'm not no. kidding. Do you like, know this coach? Like, do you yeah. guys, is he a yeah. are they a Sydney coach? Uh, look, I, I, I'm not going to, I don't need to expand anything. Yeah, but, but that makes the guy's no, probably lovely. The guy, yeah, 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 but that makes no sense why he's taken your slogan. Like, that's, that's weird. It's very, but, but it happens to Lockie all the time. Lockie's got this biometric continuum. Yeah, and 
there is there is a guy, a researcher, who copied the fucking continuum, oh. caught it his own, and then did some research on it. Why did he give him credit? Why is that? It's not that hard to give him credit. Give him it's credit. Incredible. But it's more a reflection of the coach. Now remember, we we all know that imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Yeah. We already know that. So what we've got to do is we've just got to let that go. Water off a duck's back, keep charging forward because there will always be copycats and there will always be people um, wanting to ride off your success. They see you do something, they know it works because you're doing it, so then they want to kind of jump on the bandwagon, so to speak. But guess what? People aren't fucking dumb anymore. <laughs> people know when it's when it's a novel um, a kind of interpretation of a concept and people know when it's a copycat. They know. So for the coaches that want to take the easy route and it happens, and I get it and I've wanted to do it too and I've wanted to copy paste shit before so we've all been there but remember there are orders of consequence the short term gain you experience from being a copy of fucking tagline because it sounds great and then talk about your concept as if it, you were own, as if it were your own has orders of consequence in the future now I, me and Lockie will never look at this guy perhaps exactly the same way again maybe we will maybe it was just an honest mistake but we will we will always remember the people that give credit where it's due and 90 percent of coaches do and where and and we will also remember the 10 percent who don't so if you are a coach that wants to that is kind of dipping their toe in the water and considering oh maybe maybe i can get away with this this control c control v I urge you to think of second and third order consequences that uh, that you might not be able to see right now. Because if that, that coach who's above you, so to speak, in the hierarchy, ever finds out one day, yikes. And then you also have complete Muppets that just screenshot a picture and post it as theirs. And then you have about 40 people tag you in that post and say, isn't this yours? Question mark. That's right. Well, Lockie, I've, I've had your um, I've had your plyometric continuum saved in my phone since the Adelaide Athletics Development Conference, but I've never sold it, but I've never posted it. Big I've kept it, I've kept it quiet. Right, <laughs> I've never, uh, yeah, never, uh, never claimed it. But uh, I, I think we've opened up a can of worms there, boys. Lockie, Lockie, do you ever message them privately and say, "Hey, mate, like, what's going on? Like, can I might like it is my multi created? Can I have some credit? Have you done that." I must admit, I usually let most of it just float off the back, but um, the, the reference Carl did to a research, the thing that pissed me off was he was in my ASCA presentation when I presented it. He was in the crowd. And then suddenly him with another researcher has brought this out and the terminology is almost the same that they've used um, and the way they've looked at grading um, the progression and they've flogged it off as their own. So I messaged him and said, mate, I don't know if it's a mistake, but I know you're in my, my presentation and you can't deny that oh, I said in the photo, this looks identical to this. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, he's like, oh, I'll, I'll talk to the the the, um, the, uh, the journal, oh, get a credit yeah. or I'll give you a shout out on social media. Fucking please. No, fuck, I'm hey, that's fucked, man. That's not right, bro. That, I, I don't understand. For everyone watching out there, let's say if you do, let's say, for example, you use Lockie's plyometric continuum. Man, you look more professional and you're going to get more respect if we work together and say, I'm a big guy paying it forward. Always pay it forward. If you got off Lockie, give him credit. You get off Sean, Amir, whoever, give them credit. It's not that hard. 
I don't. I fucking hate that man. That does my fucking head in. I can't. But just, it. just remember, guys. Just remember, though. Steve Jobs, after creating the iPhone, did not stand up on stage and wave around every other smartphone ripoff and say, "Look at these cunts copying my idea." He yeah. moved forward, and he was always ahead of the curve. So, who gives a fuck? Carl, we just. Carl, can we talk about your stash? <laughs> Bit off topic. This man, was a this. It is growing so much, man. This was a, a marriage request. Um, oh, did from, you this actually ask She no, wanted it. She wanted the slug, baby. No, um, she didn't. Really? She did. She did oh, want the slug. <laughs> man, it's so good. Carl, I'll be honest with you, I've been looking at it for the last 10 minutes. I'm in awe. Yeah, it's, it's good, isn't it? I can't grow anything. He grows more than me. He's 18. I love that. Look how much it is, Chris. See, Chris, that's how you grow a mustache. I can't grow one. That's beautiful, um, Carl. Exactly. Thanks, mate. He's trying to do the Coach Feld. The, the Coach Feld look he's going for. <laughs> <laughs> he's from, um, uh, where's he from? Um, Oregon Ducks. Oregon Ducks, that's right, yeah. Coach Feld. Yeah. yeah. Oh, can't you yeah. see that one in the green shirt? Can't you see that as Carlos? Look at that. Oh, shit. Look at yeah. The stash. Hey, nice. But I, but seriously, so everyone watching, don't steal shit and give credit because <laughs> it just it just turns out like, oh, oh man, that if that lock, if I found it, oh fuck that, fucking hate. But that. you know why though? Because people want to. I put, fucking hate they, that. They they want to present themselves like an expert. They want to present themselves like they are the authority when they know internally that they have all these weaknesses. They they they. That's called insecurity, yes. Alex. So they're Insec trying to fulfill their insecurities by prostituting kind of their values out there and sacrificing that. Mm. That's pathetic. Man, if I find out who that is, fuck God help them. <laughs> you, you, might, you might see a research paper with it in there, mate, and you'll have all yours. <laughs> oh, right. man, I would lose it. I'll mess him. I don't care. I mean, I don't respect that, man. I don't give the, nah. Wouldn't you feel more, wouldn't you feel more proud of yourself if you like learnt, like if you encouraged that you learnt off these people and yes. like, you showed that, you know, you learnt off, you know, like, oh, you guys, like, I'm, I'm following most of you guys and I see most of your content. I respect that you guys put out good content. And I'm not here saying, there's no way I invented it. You know, I learn off you, I learn off you guys. And that, that's the fact of things. That's the only way we get better. Right. It's also no one, it's like no one really invents anything. Like yeah. everything that I've put out has been either inspired, learnt off or stolen from other people. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, true that. That's true that. I think right. if there's any, if there's any uh, consumers out there, so any clients or, or athletes watching, I think it's really important to remember uh, that it actually adds credibility if you're the coach that you're working with or that you're learning from or you're, or you're being coached by uh, shows that they are um, chasing personal development by learning from different coaches. And, and as I said, clearly, I've got people that pay me for my services, but I've said that I've downloaded Athletes Authorities and, and, and Woody's resources. Uh, absolutely, o openly. I think you've got to be uh, a filter or you've got to be a funnel. You take in as much information as you can and then your product or your service or your principles are a result of all those little bits and pieces uh, that have come from. So if, you, yeah, if, you're, if you're an athlete or, or a consumer out there, don't think that it actually discredits your, uh, or, or makes the coach you're working with any less smart if they are um, utilising or, or getting resources from other coaches. If anything, it shows that they're taking the time to, to develop themselves. They haven't just sort of found one principle that they really love and they're married to that and they're going to stick to that forever because those coaches get left behind very quickly. So get behind the ones that say, you know what, I'm, I'm learning from 
Brett Bartholomew or, or whoever it might be and and, uh, and using little bits and pieces and, and sprinkling that into my program to, to make it better and to enhance the service that I provide you. Stop stealing. Just don't steal. It does my head. <laughs> That's the bottom line. Just get paid forward. If, if someone does something, because this does, the reason why it does my head in, because I know how hard people work to put out content and I hate it and I hate it to my guts when people steal it. Just don't steal. Pay it forward, Sean. You were saying in a nice way. Like you said, nice way. Fuck it. Just don't steal. Always pay it forward and give credit where credit's due. That's it. Because I just don't. If I see it, I will call it out. That's enough. And Lockie, if I find out who it is, I will message them. It's how I am. I can't help it. (laughs) Carl, out of all people, I thought Carl, you'd message them. Well, no, I I wanted to. Oh, I think from the 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 conversation Lockie and I had was no. Hang on, I want to call this out. And and Lockie was Lockie is essentially uh, he tempers me uh, most of the time because well, I am I am I'm a maverick and I am not to be trusted. Um, I agree with that last part. In all honesty, it probably comes from the fact that I, I don't need someone else to fight my own fights. I can I'm, <laughs> I'm more than happy to fucking put my two cents forward. So uh, no no that's good Carl and look that's and, and uh, Carl's a liability of just fucking calling him a transgender. You don't know what he's gonna do. <laughs> You can't do that these days. And everything's going to be politically correct. Exactly. Right? No, I've got to be careful where Carl goes with his topics, mate. He's, he's a <laughs> got to be politically correct. A couple of code zeros in him and he fucking, mate, he doesn't stop. Woody. Well, just quickly, I was just going to say, Woody said, obviously, I, I, said, uh, I said it in a nicer way. I feel like I, I definitely have to be a bit more PC than you because I still have a bit of a link into, and only in a small sense, to the to the pro sector. And the pro I, know, I know you've got thick skin, and and I I love you to bits, big fella. I, I know that when I first started seeing your, your content, I thought this guy is a crazy bastard. Like, what is, <laughs> I, I mean, he's got a great message, but like he's a psycho. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, and then obviously we got to know each other more and more, and, and realised that mate, you, you've got to have that uh, that that sort of persona to, to create followers and get people to listen. So I uh, just um, if you yeah. ask, if you ask Alex, Alex would have said the same thing. Don't worry. I was going to say to you, and and I, can, I know I can say this because you've got a thick skin. I'm not again. I'm not, I won't name names, but uh, I did have a superior of mine within within the pro sector uh, when I sort of first got a position at a, at a particular uh, in a particular role. Yeah, uh, uh, we were we were chatting and and obviously they were very aware that I've also got a business on the side and uh, I said, is it okay if if I I guess utilise this as leverage as well? So look, we're we're gaining experience with, with pro athletes and sort of stuff and and, uh, and they said, yep, that's all sweet. Just don't do a Woodford on us. That was the. <laughs> I know who it is anyway, man. I find out anyway. So, <laughs> man, it's always funny. It always comes back to me. People talk, and I just. I, I, I keep a, a letter, like I've got like names of people who I, who I remind myself when I get my opportunity, um, I have a dip at and um, yeah. No yeah. one's on that list here, everyone's fine, don't worry. It's sweet, I mean, I, I love everyone these days actually, I'm just a lover. So that's fine. Not, not doing a Woodford, not doing a Woodford. Look, hey, just, just to say it though, you know, that is, there is some interesting threads in that. You know, when we talk about tissue paper, like we just say Kleenex, you know, when we talk about fucking spray and wipe, we say Ajax. When when you say Woodford to describe a, a strong and powerful personality, that's a that's an impressive that's an impressive thing. And um 
I, I think that there is probably something to be said. I don't think anyone else could pull off Woodford. Um, that's the reality. No one else could actually pull it off. Many people pulled off Woodford. They <laughs> <laughs> put off wood. Hey, um, kids, don't do a Woodford. Don't ever do a Woodford. Don't um, do a Woodford. Alex, Alex, why don't... Why don't we do a yeah, mate? Love you, mate. Um, why don't we do a why don't we do a quick fire round, Alex? This, like, yeah, give us a quick. Hit us with a few questions, two sentence answers, deliver some value. Sorry, boys. Done because we are we are getting on. But I love this conversation. This is great. This is great. It's all over the place, but it's beautiful. Um, so we got a question from Luke Adams, who's been watching. Uh, he asked, sum it up in a minute. Biggest issues you're having with high school athlete development. Um. Lack of patience of coaches, overemphasis on strength of size, over quality. So, biggest issues you're having with high school athlete development. Are we going to go one word answer or two word answer? Under a minute. Give it a minute. Oh, cool. Can we do 30 seconds or 10 seconds? Do whatever you want. Go. Yeah. Uh, easy. Um, high school athletes are overextended. Cool. I like that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go next. I was just going to say time and resources. Uh, you, you, get, you get coaches or teachers that want uh every every result in the world but they'll they'll hire you out for, for one or two hours a week and you just don't get the opportunity to actually get in there and make any difference so time and resources in the australian industry as woodford would say we need to get more towards the american style of college yes yes we do i will i will go with specificity they're fucking 14 years old you don't need to be specific slow down <laughs> how true is that Fuck, that's true Oh, that's true. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, one is specificity. So early specialization and what was said before, uh, overextension. It's and that comes from um, the influence from the environment, parents, coaches, stuff like that. And uh, there's not enough. There's not. There's not the right system like Sean was saying, like the American system to be able to match that demand on overextension. And and that leads into, into what Lockie just said, uh, which is really early specialization. So it's a combination of all of those stuff that everybody just said is right on. All right. Very good. We did really good there. Uh, we've got another couple more. You know, in times of this financial hardship, you know, a lot. let's talk sporting clubs. A lot of sporting clubs uh, reduce staff. They have no staff, or they'll come back and they'll have very limited staff. So, what can the coach and the club do to make the best of this situation? And does it take something like maybe a strength and conditioning union um, to stop sporting clubs or facilities paying coaches under minimum wage? Lockie and Sean should answer this one. Lockie and Sean should answer this one. Sure. Yeah. My answer is make sure you had a fucking good coach in the first place that wasn't too niched. Because um, if, you, if you've got a little sports scientist that now is going to have to do 14 different jobs, it's not going to work. Um, so you need, you need to have had a good coach in place. Um, I have a pretty strong opinion against the whole union concept because it just, it just simply will not work. Like there's no way you could have a union where if I'm not getting paid enough that Carl's going to stand down from his job over in WA working for West Coast Eagles to support me to get more pay. This is never going to happen. We're not, we're not working on a dock. We're not a, a union or nurses union where we have hundreds of people under the same company. You just never, it's never going to work. It's also because expectations aren't standardized. So an employer union works when the expectations of the employee are similar across the board. Hmm. We don't have 
continuity in the expectation. And that's why I don't think in at least its current capacity, as Lockie said, a union will work because my role as an SNC coach in Sydney for Gordon Rugby will be de- very different to the SNC coach's role for the Parramatta Eels, even though it's the same job title. So oh, it's it's yeah, be generous. You've got to have generalists. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I'm hoping that the next 12, the six to 12 months is really going to um, prove to that pro sector how much value the SNC coaches and high-performing staff and, and all those uh, support staff do add because uh, I know for sure and I've seen lots and lots of practical full-on um, instances at the moment, whether, whether it is high-performance or even, for example, like some of your specialist coaches, like your uh, coaches and, and all those sorts of guys, like, um, we've just been expended, really. Uh, like they're going into next year, I know almost probably every sport and organisation is going to be running on a skeleton staff. To an extent, I'm hoping that they really feel sort of the brunt of, of all that extra workload so that in two, three, four years' time, once all those uh, um, uh, all, the, all the losses have been recouped for, the, for those organisations, they reinvest in high performance and, and, and realise that they're, they're probably not as expendable as they once thought. Because I think, as probably Lockie touched on last time we had a chat, there's going to be blokes like Darren Burgess doing literally everything at the moment because, um, uh, yeah, they're, they, they've cost cut in every every way possible and in most circumstances the first three names to get crossed off the list are your sort of your extra snc coaches your assistant snc coaches your your sports scientists and, and that sort of thing too so uh i'm with Lockie in regards to the union i can't see that working um so i'm probably at a bit of a loss in regards to how we really uh present to the industry how how valuable we we are and and um I believe we're, we're not the most expendable uh, um, profession going around, but I guess only time will tell, and hopefully having that experience will, will really show to them. Um, I'll go real, real quick. Um, I agree with the generalist thing, and also um, the, the other thing is, and it may be too late now as it's happened, uh, but also in some cases it's not, you need to have systems in place. You need to have automation. Uh, that's that's how you would do it. Woody. Yep. You're up, big boy. Oh, what was the question again? <laughs> what can the coach and club do, you know, to make the best of the situation now that the, a lot of staff has been limited? I've got fucking no idea. No idea. That, what, go what Sean and Locke said. They've got more experience or more understanding than I, I do or Chris does on that matter. I don't, I'm not going to... Um, well, then I'll, I'll, I'll start you on this one then. Okay, and uh, this is for all of you. Give me something I can answer. Go. <laughs> Give me something I can answer. How have, you, how have you switched your, your marketing um, over this time, if at all? Uh, don't, don't know. Um, the way you post, the type of things you're putting I, out there. The I don't, creating... um, I'll be, if Kieran's watching, she does all that for me. Um, well, she has focused more on actually providing content that is um, applicable to everyone. So it's not just like, Oh, you, you know, you have to come to our gym to be able to do, you know, get the results. It's more so, here's some content, try it. You know, if you like it, we have that knowledge and then that might bring more people in. So it's like, here you go, try, try this. You know, you don't need equipment, just go have fun, practice it. And then if you're interested, maybe they might come. One, one thing we have done is actually, I do remember talking to um, Kieran about this is doing videos with other than myself to, to show that Woodford is more than me. Um, I'll always be that figurehead, but at the end of the day, I'm getting old now. I'm trying to look for young coaches, yourself, Alex, Jeremy Brick, Borzillo, Jess, Chris, um, all these guys to take over from me. Because at the end of the day, man, I'm, uh, 
I'm getting older and um, I want to start looking at other, you know, developing other areas of my life other than just working on Woodford. Um, I know most of these guys in chat have uh, spouses or significant others, wives, um, kids. That's what I'm uh, looking for. I've obviously had one engagement that didn't work. I'm looking to develop that other side of my life. So, um, yeah. If there's, any, if there's any single ladies watching and you're looking for <laughs> a passionate man. Yes. <laughs> if anyone can deal with me, um, yeah, that'd be good. So, but no, seriously, I look at other coaches like Sean. You got a young kid, you got a young family. Lockie, you're married. Carl, you're married. And me, I'm not sure if you've got a, I'm pretty sure you've got a girlfriend or a wife. Yeah. I, I look at that and that, that balances you off. And that's what, for me, um, I've, I've had, I ha used to have it. Um, that's something I'm looking at developing. And I, you guys all know work is hard. When you own a business, people think it's, you know, we've all talked about this before. It's not a nine to five. Um, I think everyone knows this. It's, it's harder than that. Um, and that's something I'm looking at developing. You know, it, it's something that I really want to um, over the next few years really look at and um, not move away, how to put it, give more responsibility to, to other coaches instead of just putting all the pressure on myself. I'm sure you guys have had this at one stage where you said this business is getting too much. I want to delegate and I want to take uh, lessen the control that you have and just trust the right people in the right roles. This is where um, staffing, staffing is so important. You've got to get the right people. If you don't get the right people, it will shoot you. It will, it will kick you in the dick. Sorry, my language, but it will. Um, I've had it done before. You get the right staff, you're on the right track. So that's what I'm looking at right now. With, with, our, um, with our social media marketing campaign, I do have a social media manager, uh, but we are pretty collaborative in regards to sort of the content that we put out there. Probably in the yep, last yep. seven weeks, what we sort of, we sat down and had a bit of a chat and, and I think home workouts and home training is being absolutely done to death at the moment. If you log on, there's a, a billion and four people doing home workouts and home training. So we thought to ourselves, how do we separate ourselves a bit? Yes, there is to an extent, we have been doing a, a few of the recessions here and there. Um, but probably trying more than anything to, to just try to, I think like we talked before in terms of keeping community engagement, uh, what are us and our staff up to, uh, trying to make things a little bit more lot harder because there was a stage, yeah, certainly earlier on in the classes where every time you turned on your, your, your computer or looked on your phone, like it was just, you're just reading about how you're gonna die. You've only got weeks left to live because every, like the, the world is ending or things are, are terrible. So still trying to keep some sort of relevance in regards to strength and conditioning or sports or health or fitness, but maybe having a lighter, lighter approach to it. So we're probably, in all honesty, in the last seven weeks, being less content heavy uh, and a little bit more just sort of um, community engagement, uh, a couple of like sort of good feel stories, uh, some some messages from our coaches and things like that too. Certainly, like I said, putting, putting out PDFs here and there. Uh, but that's that's probably where we've, we've slightly changed to try to have some sort of separation from everybody else. And I think... Yes, all those home programs, that sort of stuff is really important to educate people, but we were just looking at it from a, from a, a point of view is what's our point of difference? Are we just putting out another program? Are we just giving explanations of another exercise? Or are we, uh, are we, are we making people feel good when they, when they look at our posts as well? I mean, my two cents on that is um, at the end of the day, our principles haven't changed and what we do hasn't changed. Like, like at the end of the day, you've got burpees, they're still shit. Like, they're not better now that we don't have a gym. They're still shit. I'm still never going to prescribe them. It's not something I'm going to do. The same as our social media. We, we still, like, we still would have released a Kevlar. We still would have been promoting exercises. We still push stuff out. The only change is we don't have access to our athletes in our gym. So we've had to fill more in our, our gym with other things, but also post 
you know, what our athletes are doing at home um, and create some options for people to do at home. And that doesn't change our principles, doesn't change our programming, doesn't change our belief or, or even how our Instagram looks. I probably judge people that, um, that have tried to be all professional and then this occurs and suddenly their programs are fucking a thousand air squats with burpees. And like, you, like, it's still shit. Like, you, you, that's just, you've just completely changed who you are to try and adapt to a coach. That's not, that's not adapting. That, that's physically changing the shade that you are and creating another persona. So for us, I would hope that if anyone looked at our Instagram, almost wouldn't tell when COVID hit or when COVID finishes because the only difference will be we can't do a heap of footage of our athletes physically training in our gym and that would be the only thing that's changed. Yeah, so I I agree on that point specifically. Um, Marketing hasn't changed for as long as we've been human beings trying to persuade other people to take action. Marketing has never changed. Marketing is the, the ability to identify a problem, identify the need of your market, create a solution for them that actually solves that problem and hopefully solves the problem that they'll get after that and then persuade them to take action. So marketing hasn't changed. And any, any kind of, if, if your marketing has changed, well, then you, you've either only started identifying what your market's problems are now or you've stopped identifying what their, market, uh, what their problems are. So marketing, I, I feel like, shouldn't have changed for anyone. In saying that, we are launching the peak Kevlar series tonight, guys. So <laughs> <laughs> because the pros need protection, is that right? That's it. It. <laughs> just, have you seen? I, I uh, I'm releasing. It. No, it, it's because protection is also used by the pros. Very different, man. Very different. Oh, very pro. <laughs> we've got peaks, plyometric progressions. Get excited for that, guys. Kevlar with double A. Very, very good. Uh, Just change um, the wording slightly, you'll be fine. Come on, Jordan. Change the wording. Yeah, I think for all the guys here, I think it, uh, you're all right. None, none of you guys have, have really changed your marketing. And, and I, don't, I don't think – I think that's because uh, you are all very well aware of who it is you are and who it is you, you service and, and target. And that's not going to change just because, uh, you know, just because this has happened. And it's, this, it's much the same with us. Like, uh, we haven't changed any of our marketing. Um, the type of content is more relevant to what's happening right now and where people are in terms of they can't be in a gym. Well, they're somewhere else. Okay. But yeah, the type of marketing, we're not going to change who we are. Uh, um, if if the world completely changes to the point where what Adonis Athletics does cannot exist, I'm not going to change into um, change it into something that I don't like doing. I'll just close the doors. Mm. I'm not going to. I'm not going to continue doing uh, whatever. Like uh, not going to do aerobics classes. Yes, not going to do that. Not going to do Zumba classes just because that's what right. they do. <laughs> <laughs> Zumba you ain't never done a Zumba class in your life. No, you haven't. No way. <laughs> Can you imagine this guy at Zumba? He'll be cleaning up, mate. Lucky, I, I want to get uh, before I get to the last question. Um, Lucky, I, I just wanted your twenty-second, two cents on uh, because uh, I know the people will be curious. Why are you anti-burpee? <laughs> give me the give me the spiel. <laughs> I am I'm anti-burpee for a very good reason, the fact that I, I, I don't think I've ever seen someone do it properly. Um, and it's I'm about uh, coach efficiency and things that I can program and prescribe and coach well. Um, 
the burpee is one thing that's it's a fucking possible thing to coach it's very tough to coach um and i would never do it for any reason if you can name why you would do a burpee above anything else then I'll, I'll give it to you. But there's not a single, the same as squat thrusters. I, I freaking, I, I don't like, you never lift enough weight. <laughs> exactly right. Yes, we would get it. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Watch him roll his ankle on his dog bolts. And it'll... <laughs> <laughs> that would be dumb. Come just, on, yes. Um, I, I hate general exercises that don't do enough of either way. So if you look like a squat thruster, you, 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 you're not improving your squat. You're not improving your press okay. overhead. Um, it, it's this weird middle ground of no man's land. Uh, now, if you want metabolic, then that's fine. But I would never prescribe that for metabolic. There's a thousand other things I do for metabolic. Um, so that's my mind. Now, if you're a CrossFitter and it's it's in the workout that you have to compete in, that's a whole different story because it's a competition. It's a sport. You have to be good at it. But um, if you, you're an average person or an athlete, fuck even more so if you're an athlete, um, it's an embarrassment to see any athlete with a, a, a burpee in their program. To be honest, it's, it's just it's just a it's a it's a fallback. I, I think if you're if you're lazy in coaching and and it's that classic saying, any idiot can make another idiot tired. Like yeah. if you if you if you run out of options, if you run out of ideas, off well, that do twenty burpees, and then and then your your client goes goes, oh, that was a great workout. I've had this same argument with people that have said, oh, but what is something It's just calories in, calories out. I agree. If you have a, a client that needs to go calories out, they're clearly fucking obese. They're, they're overweight. And that is the number one reason why you're not going to do a burpee. If your stomach hits the ground when you do a burpee, you should not be doing a burpee. <laughs> a better option is just get them to do high knees on the spot. Bang. Calories in, calories out. Easy option. You're not going to blow someone's L4, L5, S1 area from doing it. And that's my that's <laughs> Or their shoulder joint. If they're overweight, their yeah. shoulder joint. I think what you said. That's, I'm gonna I'm gonna use that one a lot, and I will give you credit. If their, stomach, <laughs> if their stomach's touching the fucking ground, you shouldn't be doing a fucking burpee. Burpee's just as what Sean said. It's just someone who does it who's lazy. Most people can't do it right. Did mm. you just by a point? Did you see that guy lock who beat the world record of how many burpees in like 24 hours? Uh, so yeah, the tiny little. <laughs> they weren't even burpees though. Like, what the the same as, I think it's the push-up one as well. Is a push-up one where? Oh man, horrendous. So like, yeah, that, that's, yeah. people don't even know how to do them properly in the start anyway. So you're doomed to fail when you, no one knows how to do them right. The, the simple answer is they're an advanced exercise that is so advanced that anyone that can do them shouldn't be doing them because they should be more advanced and more doing advanced exercises. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. well said. All right. The last question for you guys. And Lockie, I want to start with you here because you, you actually, we actually started the call here before we went live. Um, and you talked about getting the confidence for people to put out their opinions and perspectives to the world. So I want you to basically sum, uh, summarize your thoughts there. How do people get confidence? And this is for all of you after it to put things out there to the world. And how do they know when it's the right time? Yeah, it's a tough question. Um, I, I, I was certainly um, what Carl would, would term the old imposter syndrome when I was young. I didn't think I had anything to say and, and didn't want to. Um, and I was only you know years in pro sport that I started to feel like, well, maybe there is some things I can say. And, and the reason I sort of started, to be honest, my missus sort of suggested that I did it. But it was sort of driven off, if I was a young coach, what would I have wanted to know? So I put out very simple things. And if I was a young coach, yeah, would this have helped me? If I said yes, then I'd post it. 
Um, and it started to build to a stage where I probably still believe that you've got to earn the right to be able to put stuff out there. Um, but Carl actually has, has swung me around a little bit, which you know, we talk a lot about in, in some of our mentorship setups is that everyone's got something to contribute. So even if you've only been in it for a year, you may have things to contribute on. You know, how are you starting as a young coach? What have you done in your first year? That's not to say that you should start aggressively giving your opinion on advanced topics, but the way you promote yourself and the way you put yourself out there is very important. And like I said, when I put anything out there, it's never the only way. It's what I do with my athletes because of my system or because of a result. If people want to disagree, that's fine. It doesn't make me wrong. It's, it's what I do and it's how I do it. Therefore, that's what I'm posting. Um, and I think a lot of coaches have got to make sure that they find that, that medium of when they post things, it's, it's not, you know, if I'm a first year coach, you're not going to post, you know, Woodford's wrong because this is what the research says. It's like, mate, you've got no freaking idea. But if you were to post as a first year coach and say, these are things that I've really struggled with. And I've found that these type of things have helped me to improve my knowledge. Brilliant. Any young coach could look at that and go, that's really good information. I'm going to look at that. And as you get older, your content shifts. As you get more authority, as you start to become more of a senior coach, you can put more and more bigger opinions out that are going to have probably more of an impact. But there's no reason a first-year coach can't be putting stuff out that is helping them. That's not to say you should get on your soapbox and start yelling at other coaches. You've just got to understand your content perspective and where you have the right to start to put things out. But at the end of the day, you've got to just have a philosophy, a principle of how you put your content out. I think most people could look at Athletes Authority or my page and get a feel of what we're about, why we do it. Like, I don't have any images of me doing handstands with my shirt off. That's that's not what I do. Oh, why not? I, I yeah. want to see it. Come on. That's the, oh, that's the private share. Private yeah. Um, but things like that, that is, but some people do do that. And some people are very successful with that because that's, yeah, they're the practitioner, the technician. That's what they're going to do. I'm not, I train, but Jesus, I'm lucky to get a good training session in these days, but I still try and get as many as I can in. But Great. my time spent coaching, business, car, whatever it is, that, that's what I spend my time on. So that's, that's oh, what- stop stopping him from training. Let him train. Can we, can we get a request? Can we, next uh, Athletes Authority post, can we get Carl with his shirt off? I want to see Carl with his shirt off. He's, he's like, freshly yeah, wet. Yeah. Well, I believe. Carl with his shirt off doing yeah. a handstand and locking in the background coaching him. Well, we, <laughs> we, have done, we have done handstand offs and I've won every single time. Lockie says it's my levers, but um, I just <laughs> think it's just my <laughs> superior <laughs> strength. It's shorter and weighs about 10 kilos less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good answer, Locke. Yeah. That was a good answer. Yeah. Okay. He's up. He's up. Okay. Have a crack, big boy. Uh, so the question was how to how to know what to post and um, what type of content to put out. Correct. And and how to develop con confidence, right? Yes, correct. How to develop confidence in Okay, so there's a couple of couple of things in regards to putting up posts. Uh, it's a bit of a mix of First of all, humility, but also the a case of like ignorance is bliss. I um, I was thinking about this uh, a few weeks ago, uh, you know, how your Facebook memories come up and stuff like that. And there was a post that I had put out like six, seven years ago in the earlier days. And although the post was not very uh, accurate, especially by today's standards, I noticed that what I was doing in the post was just I was exploring, I was presenting ideas, I was putting forward things, I was having a go, so to speak. But at the same time, um, I wasn't, 
don't try and don't try and impose your your views, but say it in the sense of um, trying to explore things, uh, if that makes sense. Uh, try to document your own journey in regards to learning things uh, as you go. I think one of the main things, aside from all of this, for people that they struggle with, especially now, is there is so much uh, saturation of different people saying things, especially people that maybe come off as people who know what they're talking about. And you have uh, what Lockie was saying, kind of like an imposter syndrome, where you feel like you don't know what you're talking about. But, um, and then you, you care too much about other people liking you. Don't write things, don't say things with the intention that I hope people will like me. I wanna be smart or witty in what I'm trying to say. When you try and do that, it defeats the purpose and you almost never come across that way anyway. So just say what you, what you want to say and say it in a, in a humble way, say it in an exp explorative way and fix things as you go. If you make a wrong claim to something, later that you find out, admit that. People respect that. People will, will be drawn to that. And uh, I think that's the, the first obstacle you have to you have to um, come overcome is is the idea of other people's judgments. It doesn't really fucking matter what people say, um, because no matter what you do, who you become, how well polished you try to be, how many people you try to please somebody is going to hate it without asking you, without getting to know you, without anything like that. So it doesn't fucking matter. Just say what you want to say anyway and and just be coming from a good, good heart, good intentions, trying to develop things, trying to put good information out there. You will be wrong sometimes. Just admit it when you find out. You're fine. Well said. Yeah, look, I, I don't have much else to add on top of that. You boys, you two boys, summarise it really well. Um, I think earn, earn your right progressively to, to to build up to some of those bigger bigger issues and bigger principles, uh, and just really make sure that you know that your way is a way and not the only way, uh, and really represent that. Just be careful how things are worded. Uh, I think probably sort of going off track slightly here. Just remembering that pretty much everything that you do post can come back to bite you these days. Everything everything that's posted online, any video, any picture, any content um, is, is generally out there forever. So just just know that uh, the way that you present yourself or whatever you do post can, can be twisted or manipulated or brought back to be, uh, I'm, I'm sure that, as you said, there's things that will pop up in your in your feed that you think, shit, well, what was I thinking? As long as it's a mistake from a, a principal or Sure, that's every post. Yeah, that's right. I was like, oh, fuck. I don't like that. And then I'm like, oh, well, shit happens. Is that like the ones where you say you're going to bash game corns or what? Mate, if he's watching or the commander, I'm going to take both of them on in a Royal Rumble. Yeah, no, I think to sort of, yeah, to give some sort of information outside of what Amir and Lockheed have just covered is just be careful that what you do post as well as being informative and, and, and being progressive and, and being mindful of your position in the industry and making sure that you, you uh, are stepping out a lot and so on and so forth. Just making sure that whatever you do post can't be manipulated or re used against you in a way that, say, for example, you're sitting down for a post board job in five years' time and a high performance manager pulls up a post and goes, mate, you wrote this in 2017. What was all this about? We, we, we have 
sledge somebody or you, you, you've named names and, or something along those lines. You, 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 you verbally attack somebody or, or criticise somebody's principles directly. Uh, I think that's, that's really important. So uh, in any sense, like that, uh, whether that's in your, your professional or your personal life as well, you've got to be careful what you, what you post out of these days because everything circulates around and, uh, and that can have a big impact on what happens later on down the track too. So that's probably just general life advice as opposed to sort of specific strength and conditioning. Can I put a, a very big public service announcement for people jumping on Instagram? Learn the fucking difference between a part and a part because it is nothing more frustrating in life than to read <laughs> post when people say, I love being a part of a team and they use one word. A part means you are distant. A part means you're a part of a team. And I see it on fucking so many posts and it does my head <laughs> a personal thing. I'll leave you with that. So, so now that Lockie's off his soapbox, I'm going to give uh, probably some contrary advice. Um, the first thing with Sean, I agree with you that things can come back to, back to haunt you, but there are actually products and software out in the market that clean your Facebook and your accounts and any search um, kind of keywords for your photos, for things you've said that could be um, possible to flag. So if you do and have done it, and I've, I've definitely said things online um, that I perhaps wouldn't want people to find out now, there is software that will essentially do an audit of all your social media profiles, audit of Google searches, and you can actually pay just to clear it out and they will delete everything for you. Oh, it sounds like you've got a premium oh, package. Definitely, <laughs> definitely the premium package. You'd need millions it, of dollars to clean up Woods. woods yeah. hey, can I, I'll just say an opinion on what they're all saying. I'm going to say the opposite to that. For me, I couldn't give a fuck. This is well, who yeah, I exactly. am. I thought, exactly. oh, See, if you don't write, right. Man, my yeah. mum says it all the time. She goes, don't you care? I said, nah, don't really give a flying fuck, really. It's, I, I might, people go, we can look back in life and say, you shouldn't have wrote that. No, not at all. I don't regret anything. So you can take it two ways. You can either go that way and do what Sean, and I can understand that way. Trust me, I understand. But then you've got people like me who just go, oh, well, fucking, I said it and I stand by what I say. And there is sometimes I retract it and say, I fucked up, I apologise. And that shows me you're a man as well or a woman. So I agree with Woodford. Just one point. I think that it's only concern, Sean, that you have when you have to be accountable to someone else. When you have to be accountable to some other guy who makes makes a decision on whether they employ you or not, then you have to worry about that shit. I'm fucking out of that. I don't I don't want to ever have to walk in a job interview ever again. I'll fucking die before that happens. So I don't really give a fuck. Okay. Sorry, but I apologise for uh, splinters in my ass, boys. I'm sitting on the fence hardcore here. I'm very, you're just keeping it straight down. Yeah, but so many people are. That's realistic for a lot of yeah. people out there who are in your I position, Sean. I disagree with my own business partner here because Carl is accountable. I'm accountable because people that we coach, we have 12, 13-year-old girls that we coach whose parents follow me. So I'm accountable to their parents. If I'm, If I look like an idiot online then I can tell you right now, they're not going to bring their 12-year-old, 13-year-old superstar athlete back to our facility. So there's there's no reason why you, you shouldn't put your own opinion out there and obviously stick to it. And I don't think you need to worry about what people think as far as that side of it goes. I agree with you. But you also have to make sure that you are representing you and your brand yeah. to an extent that you're not going to sacrifice business. Because me and Carl go, we've already said it for us, one of our best markets 12 to 15 year old children that are, that are pushing through is a massive market for us because we have them long-term. We have them long-term, we can develop them. 
that same market is going to be influenced heavily by their parents and parents are now on social media. The generation of coming through where like my mum wouldn't have a clue how to flick through things. Modern parents do and they're on social media and they're following us. So if they don't respect what we're saying or they think we look like Muppets, yeah. then they're not going to bring their children to our facility. Oh, no, no, no. I, uh, don't get me wrong. I agree with what you're saying, Locke. That's 100%. But at the same time, what I mean by what I'm saying is, and I think Carl was saying the same thing with what he was thinking was, what you did say in the past is what you said, but at the same time, you have to represent your brand because we have young kids come through. At the same time, you can't be saying something that's like going to completely disrespect uh, kind of um, uh, ruin your brand in such a way people are going to look at it and go, well, I'm not going to bring my 13-year-old kid there when this guy's fuck this and fuck that. Like, even Kieran says to me, I'm, I'm getting better. When the kids come in the gym, it's let's not swear, let's not play loud, blaring music, let's start really focusing on coaching. And then obviously there's times and places for it and parents know that, you know. The parents who are going to some good athletes authority or peak or, or us or Adonis, they kind of know, well, look, they're going to get high-level coaching, but at the same time, we need to represent our brand where you're not going, fuck, shit, fuck, you know, swearing all the time or, or belittling people. And you've got to have a... You've got to be true to yourself, but at the same time, you're going to have a balance. And I agree with what you're saying. I think, Carl, you must have thought the same thing as me, but, look, I agree with what you're saying. You have to have that balance of your brand. You've got to represent your brand in the best possible way. I agree. What I'm, what I'm saying is you've got... When you're accountable to someone else then you have to play by their rules when you're accountable to yourself. And I think that's the distinction that I'm trying to make here is you get to make the decisions of how your brand is represented, but right. then you also fall on that sword. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the distinction I'm trying to make there. Live you decide. The Live by the sword. Don't worry about that. Live by your own sword. Yeah. <laughs> um, on, on your, can I, do, do you want me to answer your question, Alex, quickly? Please. Um, I, I actually going to say something contrary again to, to the, the general rule. It's almost like you're a contrarian uh, of some sort, Carl. You're I, I, gen I, I generally try to be that way. <laughs> yeah. um, realistically, when you think of confidence, you can think of confidence through changes of your, your schema and your self-worth, your self-esteem, your self-confidence and your self-efficacy. So kind of from the inside out, think about uh, how you look at the world and how you look at yourself. But then you've got a solution, which is I think probably more applicable for this, which is whilst you work on your self schema, which is essentially developed uh, through your experience, you actually work from the outside in. And I actually suggest to people to act. So I actually say, think of a persona that you want to embody. For example, uh, I often use like Jordan Peterson, for example. So I, I spend a lot of time using my mirror neur neurons to watch Jordan Peterson. I watch him talk. I watch him speak. I watch the way he acts. He plays with his ring. He, he does these types of things. He, he, I, I follow it. I watch it. And then I embody it. I, in, in times like this where I'm presenting or I'm talking, I act as if I'm someone else. In the absence of my own confidence, in my own self-scheme, I'll act like someone else until I get enough experience to actually let go of the alter ego and let go of a persona and actually just be that person. Is that fake it till you make it? That is fake it till you make it. Yeah. That is fake it till you, you make would it. Would you say that's akin to how children grow up in, in mirroring their parents and their surroundings? Of course. In the absence of your own schema and your own experiences, Creative. you have to... You have to create one. Yeah. So if you are a coach 
and you're battling with your confidence, then whilst you work and, and provide enough exposure and experience, fake it. Look, What's the alternative? Asked? Is there is there an alternative? Well, of course, be invisible. The, yeah, that's that's not a, that's not even that's alternative. Like, like Alex. And, but, but, well, it is because it's what ninety five percent of the coaching population do. Right, they they are invisible because they don't have the stuff. They, they, it's a, if if when I get this, then I'll do that. They're like, once I'm confident, then I'll start posting. It's that if then that fallacy, and you just won't get it. Because when you fake it, you start to develop the experiences and you get the exposure. And that's what allows your own self-confidence to kind of actually develop. Yeah, but this is acting, right? So my mum was, was in theatre. She was an opera singer. So I grew up as a child actor. And I was, very, I was very nervous. Animated. Yeah, I was so I was I was a nervous kid. Um, I was like, especially through high school, I was like skinny fat, yeah. and I was I was everything you didn't want to be as a kid. I was a nerd, um, everything you didn't want to be. But what I did realize you could do was you could act as as if you're someone you weren't. So on stage, I was quite um, outgoing, loud, captivating, um, and and I got paid to do that. And I guess I've taken that away is in your, the absence of your own experiences to develop your self-confidence act. Now, right now, I don't really need to act in these types of, because I have the self-confidence to deal with this situation in a probably a higher pressure situation. And Lockie knows I still get nervous in front of talking in front of a big crowd. So I then need to have a different strategy for that. And that's where I, I need to act. Alex, at the end of the day, we're just all talking chimps, mate. That's all we are. Party on this nice show, reference. I've been trying to figure out where we can squeeze that in somewhere. Oh, there you go. Talking chimps. I'm sick of it. <laughs> For those who have no idea what the hell he just said, it's a reference to my podcast. Um, which no, Christian. Credit to you for being on the first episode, man. Massive credit. I can't wait to get the rest of you guys on. I'll do my research, Alex. Don't worry about that, brother. Uh, good man. Um, now. Amir, did you have anything last to touch on there? It was or did I? Did we get everyone? No, I already, already said my piece. Awesome. Um, everyone's, everyone's gone. I think we've we've done it again. Another like just another amazing conversation. Uh, I'm so grateful for all of you guys taking the time to do this again. I hope we continue to do it. Um, it's such a great opportunity to deliver value and, and give people uh, kind of suffocate their excuses and elevate and empower our communities around us. Um, if you guys have any parting thoughts words uh comments um i'll leave on the screen uh bef as you guys leave where people can find you and everything but if you have any last words please uh please say your peace now and let's keep you. changing the fucking game that's all i'm gonna say Hashtag. we'll change the fucking game leading from the front we need everyone with us so we've got all of us and all you guys need to come with us let's keep changing the fucking game that's all i'm gonna say i love you all thank you for the time bless Thanks, guys. Thanks. Oh, guys. Hey, guys. Yeah, guys. Hey, guys. the next one. It was a pleasure. Hey, guys. See you, Wood. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Good Lord. What a way to end. Not a surprise. Classic. Classic. See you, Carl.
See you, mate. See you, Chris. See you, man. All right. That is it, guys. That was the uh, Orphic Education Roundtable. I'll just leave you guys with uh, kind of where to find us. Um, you can find all of these conversations that we'll be putting out. We don't just do the Coaches Roundtable. We also do the weekly webinars as well, where, for example, last week we had two bodybuilders on um, having a, a more of a more of a more intimate conversation um, so you can find all of these conversations at uh, on our Facebook page at Orphic Education and also on our YouTube as well Orphic Education so just go search there if you, depending on what because you can watch these things at faster speeds on there and we will also be releasing uh, these on our audio platforms and podcasting platforms so you guys can see them all there and uh, get it there. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you have any questions for any future conversations, um, please let us know. Put in the comments now. Put in the comments of future ones, of past ones. Um, and if you want to stay up to date, then you can see exactly you know, where we do the next ones on our, on our Instagram, on our Facebook, and on our YouTube. And in case you guys don't know who the hell Orphic Education is, because I think a lot of people are finding out through these conversations, um, we deliver certificate threes and four in fitness and we pride ourselves on uh, delivering the highest quality most practical cert threes and fours in the country and we will take any challenge to that and I'm just going to put on the screen right here uh, exactly where you can find the rest of uh, the coaches right here if you want to follow them check them out here they are we had Amir from Adonis Christian Woodford from Woodford's, Carl and Lockie from Athletes Authority. Um, Ryan wasn't in this one, but he was in the first one um, from Formidable Strength and Sean from Peak. And then you have me from Orphic. Uh, I'm Alexander Emanuel and uh, really, really appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, thank you so much, guys. And we'll see you in the next one every Wednesday, 10 a.m. Stay tuned. Much love and thank you. Thank <laughs> you.